The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. What is going on? Good afternoon, everybody. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson. Thanks for joining us on a Thursday, though for a lot of reasons it feels like a Friday. You got a long holiday weekend ahead. Oh. Uh, Friday off for most people, though we recognize not for everybody. Um, but uh, we appreciate you being with us today, wherever you may be, on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, streaming online, 1069thefan.com. Or listening to us after the fact on uh, on the podcast. So we appreciate you tuning in and joining us. And as always, always love to get your feedback on the topics that we discuss. You can text the show, 435-339-0321, 435-339-0321, and let us know. Set us straight. Agree or disagree. We love the interaction. Um, and or if you want to call in, you can do that too. 435-752-1069. Several different topics to hit on today, AJ, is is sports are coming back. Uh, golf has already been going. NASCAR has been going. But now, within the next seven days, we're going to have NBA, NHL, uh, and we're going to have a further understanding and maybe a clearer picture of what the fall is going to look like for a lot of other sports. Um and uh, with with baseball, let's start there. The baseball officially starts tonight. Things will be getting underway later on this evening. And uh, a couple games on the schedule. They're going to be on ESPN as soon as we get off the air. Yankees at Washington, 5 o'clock on ESPN. And then the later game will be San Francisco Giants at the L.A. Dodgers. Those are some great pairings to get the Major League Baseball season started. I think you've got the front runners for both leagues taking place in both those games. But I'm not talking about the Giants. Everybody else can have a shot. You know when sports is back, when Donovan Mitchell gets out there and tweets, let's go. That's when you know we're back. (laughs) Thank goodness, man. It has been a long March, April, May, June, July. Five? Holy cow, five months, Eric. It has been a lengthy five months. After the it's first, been a, a whole new offseason. It has. It's. I mean, after the first weekend in all, or of March, when we had this incredible uh, celebration of Sam Merrill and Utah State Aggie men's basketball, who goes on an incredible run, wins the Mount West Conference Championship. We're looking forward to the NCAA tournament, and then a matter of days, shut down all of it. Baseball gone. Basketball done. Football. Who the heck knows? Uh, and now, finally, baseball started to starts tonight. Scrimmages for basketball start tonight. They get their season off officially next Thursday when the Jazz play. And by the way, we will not be on the air next Thursday. We'll move over and step aside for the great David Locke as he'll be calling that game. Uh, you can watch tonight's game on TV on, a- on AT&T Sportsnet. Uh, it will not be on our station. We won't do the scrimmage games. You can watch them on TV. But then, of course, next Thursday at 4.30 on this station, Jazz Pelicans without Zion Williamson. Uh, will be uh, next Thursday afternoon. So, uh, yeah. Hey, uh, going back to baseball though, are you are you a little worried? Juan Soto, as you heard, is uh, tested positive for COVID nineteen. He's out, and now he's got a quarantine as well. 
Is this going to become a trend, Eric, or are we just maybe overreacting? It's just one of the very few of the weeds, or is there more to come? Uh, there will be more to come. I think it'd be foolish of anybody to say the way the Major League Baseball is going to handle their season if no one else ever on any Major League Baseball team will get coronavirus. There's, there's just there's travel that's going to be involved. They're going to be staying in hotels. They're going to be moving back and forth. They mingle with other people outside of the arena. There will be more players who will get coronavirus. That doesn't surprise me. That doesn't really concern me to a degree. What happens next is what's really going to be telling. Okay. Like, does he stay isolated? Does he infect the team? Does uh, the whole team have to shut down? Are they able to successfully isolate an individual player who gets it? If they can successfully do that and illustrate this is how it can be done, I think not only is that good for Major League Baseball, I think that sends a big signal to every other organization who's trying to do sports. If you can successfully isolate one person who gets sick, and it doesn't affect the rest of the team or the league as a whole, then we can still do this. But if you can't, if it gets loose and a team gets sick or it's spreading all over the league because it's not handled well, man, Ajay, it's going to be springtime before we see any sports again. See, and and I think you bring up a wonderful point. And if, if Juan Soto tested positive, did the rest of the team test positive or were they able to stay clean? That's the other question I had, too. Was it just Juan Soto, and, and was he the only one tested, or how did that work? Um, but again, it's, it's, it's a tough break for the Washington Nationals to have to play the Yankees and not have one of your best big hitters on, in the lineup because of COVID-19 and having the coronavirus. Uh, I'm excited to see what baseball looks like, Eric, tonight, officially without the fandom. You know, they've been playing spring, or I guess... Uh, exhibition games, if you will, practice scrimmages uh, without fans and whatever. But now it's real. The games count. How is that going to affect the players? You know, usually on opening day, you he- you think fans, hot dogs, cameras lit up for the first pitch, the whole entire shebang, and you won't get any of that tonight. Yeah, a celebrity out there, you know, it's, it's a big deal. What's going to happen? No, it's not happening. Uh, Mike Rizzo, he's the manager for the Nationals. Uh, he's uh, We've got some audio of him talking about Soto being tested. He was asymptomatic. He didn't even know he had it. Oh, wow. Just part of the routine tests. But they're going to put him on the injured list, and uh, it's that's a that's a tough loss for the Nationals. Well, we feel bad for him. You know, he's you know he's a great player. The fans want to see him, uh, and he affects our lineup. He gives us you know we, we don't have as good a chance to to beat the uh, a great team like the New York Yankees as if we had him. So, uh, but uh, but what can you do about it? You got to you got to move on, and you've got to you got to play ball. They're going to play this game tonight with or without Juan Soto. So, we uh, we got to find the best way to uh, to you know kind of channel our energies, and uh, players have to step up, and uh, and we're going to have to win without our best guy. They're going to be all right. They got Rendon. They got Kendrick. They've got a lineup that's going to be effective. Again, it does kill them, though, in the big hitting standpoint because, Eric, no Ryan Zimmerman as well. He's done. He's yeah. not playing this year. That's right. He's that's already backed out. That's a huge out. loss for them. Now, you asked about other players. Uh, they have done contact tracing, so that's when they find out who he's been in contact with and they test those people. Um, so far, no one else has been deemed ineligible and he has to stay on the injured list until he has two successive negative tests. So, like we said, he's asymptomatic. He doesn't feel sick. 
He doesn't show symptoms. But so okay, so wait, time out. So what's the timeline? So does he have to quarantine for fourteen days and then get tested, or is it in the middle of the quarantine they will test him? Uh, let's see. He said he's hoping the results will be available by Friday night. Oh, okay. So it's not going to be a long wait then. Any well, sorry. This is anyone who was in close contact with Soto was tested early Thursday morning. So this morning, okay, and they'll be tested again on Friday, Friday night. Okay, so they hope to get the first results back on Friday night. That could be interesting because if you don't know the symptoms, you're just you know hanging out with your guys. You have no idea. Yeah, here, here's more from Mike Rizzo about Soto to the injured list. Uh, and uh, so we will uh, we will proceed when uh, when he has two negative tests, and uh, we will hopefully uh, get him back uh, on the, on the field. So it's it's a kind of wide open. It's just when they. I'd imagine again. I'd imagine he has to quarantine for fourteen, and then they test him. I mean, what's the point There's of no, testing some guy in the middle of his quarantine? Well, that's a good question. The the article that I'm looking at does not reference any kind of a timeline. Okay. Uh, well, hang on here. Maybe see, there is a Washington, D.C. rule mandating that anyone coming into contact with someone who had the coronavirus needed to self-quarantine for 14 days. Oh, boy. <laughs> so if they follow the Washington, D.C. rule, they any might have a teammate chunk of players that he came out, in man. contact with has to quarantine. Yeah, and you got to hope that's not one of your starters. And if that's the case, by the way, if that's the case, I know the MLB is pretty strict on these rules as well. They're not they're not joking around with it either. So Soto apparently he missed the uh, I didn't realize this he missed the first two weeks of their quote unquote summer camp. Oh, for undisclosed reasons. So perhaps he had it. He just didn't <laughs> want to didn't. tell anybody. Mm. Yeah, that'd be a problem, sir. But they've been doing testing since then, so they would have had to have tested him. Yeah, I don't know. Huh. All right. But the real the, this is going to be the real test uh, that all other leagues at various levels will be watching to see how the Nationals handle this and Major League Baseball at large. You know, can they pull this off? Can they successfully isolate and still have other operations resume normally? Because if not, I think it puts a lot of other things in, in doubt. Yeah, uh, I think some eyes will be on Major League Baseball just to see how it goes the first few days or how they handle these these situations. Like you said at the first of the show, he won't be the only one. There will be more on other teams too. So it's uh, it, it's going to be kind of interesting to see what, again, but it, from a baseball standpoint, it kills the Nationals to an extent. From the big hitting standpoint, like I said, because you have no Ryan Zerman already and now you don't have Juan Soto. So you're going to have to play small ball at best and hope that someone comes up with an extra base hit here or there. But a lot of it's going to be small ball. And uh, is that and can that handle itself versus a juggernaut lineup like the New York Yankees? Yeah, fair question. Are you uh, excited for baseball or are you just going to... I actually cares? I am. I, I thought that um, without the fans, I wasn't really sure how exciting it would be, how electric it would be. Because someone jacks a home run or a grand slam, and <laughs> you hear a crickets, you hear a, a bird flapping its wings as if you know gets it out of the way. But no, I I think it's still it'll be interesting because the game is still the game. 
You know, and it's still at, played at the highest level. And so I think it's going to be interesting. But also will be interesting is to figure out where the Toronto Blue Jays end up. I feel bad for these Yeah, guys. that's bad. And uh, Pittsburgh said no, right? Pittsburgh said did. no. Just go to Buffalo. Just do it. Just go to Buffalo. Take it. What? God, don't worry about camera angles and crap. Just go play. It shouldn't take that. It shouldn't be that difficult no, to get the. No, it should. I don't know the facilities, but logistically, I don't. I can't imagine it would be that hard to get it upgraded to the point where it could handle Major League Baseball. Uh, Jeff Passan uh, gives us a little more detail about their search for a home. In the end, if the Baltimore Orioles are willing to host them, and if the state of Maryland is willing to allow them in and to allow you know, 30 more games into the state, that, that's, that's the most desirable spot. What's the likeliest? I think it depends. I mean, if you're the Blue Jays players, would you rather, because you want to play in a big league ballpark, spend more of your games, if perhaps all of your games, on the road and use those as your quote-unquote home games, or would you rather go to, like, AAA Buffalo? And, uh, you know, right now Buffalo doesn't have approval from Major League Baseball. So this concept of being a road warrior is very much alive at this point. And I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think it might actually be the, the you know, the odds-on favorite at this point for what the Blue Jays are going to do. Isn't that interesting? Sad. <laughs> That I mean, it's not so much that the the Toronto Blue Jays are the pariah of Major League Baseball. If it was the Astros that they were located in in uh, Toronto, I could see maybe why some teams are like, yeah, you know, I don't think we've got space for you. The Toronto Blue Jays are it's a nice organization, but it's the extra games, extra personnel. But what I don't get is if you're Baltimore, and even if you're Pittsburgh, you look, you've already said that you're going to allow these games to be played. You've already cleared the ballpark. You've already cleared that the, this professional organization can, can continue their business in your city. Why are they just now saying, no, we can't have more of this. Some is okay, but more is not better. And I, I don't see that Baltimore is going to be a little, any more lenient than uh, Pittsburgh, but I feel bad. What happens? Do the Toronto Blue Jays, are they the, the New Mexico Lobos? Oh, don't do that. You know better. You stop it. What if Toronto don't. can't have a season? <laughs> well, I guess they could. They still have uh, road games. Yeah. That they just can't have uh, anything just have going on in the state. Yeah. Or Here's the arena. thing, though. It would be a bigger shame on Toronto, Eric, if they couldn't do the games because they have the money to do it. They have the options to do it. Buffalo hasn't said no. And there's other AAA stadiums, which Toronto, for some reason, is looking down upon, that can host them. They have grandeur hotels and ways to take care of them. Toronto has the necessities and the and the ability to have games even at a uh, quote unquote home ballpark. Buffalo's not a tiny town. They have an NFL franchise. 
I mean, they've got to have facilities and nicer hotels to accommodate. Yeah. Yeah, true. But that's what I'm saying. And New Mexico doesn't have that ability like Toronto does. True. Like, I feel bad for New Mexico because it's coming from the governor, too. That's tough. You were just rejected by a girl from Pittsburgh. Whoopity daw. There's how many other girls in the sea when it comes to MLB stadiums? Like, you can find somewhere to go play baseball. New Mexico is under lock and order and key. That sucks. That's a tough way to go. Uh, so, still no word. That, that's really the bottom line and all. Yeah. But why, why are they talking to teams like Detroit or Cleveland? Yeah. They're talking to like the, the New York or, uh, or Boston. True. I mean, it just seems like they're keeping it to a very small list of potential candidates. Pittsburgh or Baltimore. That's it? There's other places that aren't that far away. Feel bad. Uh, the other thing with Major League Baseball, there is maybe some good news. More baseball games in the postseason. Yeah, the expansion, man. How this about that? This caught me by surprise, I'll be honest. Really? Yeah. I-, I thought that with all the debate and everything that was going on with the restart, well, I guess for them, the start of baseball and how to do it and how everything kept getting delayed and different concessions that were being made and then taken off the table – one of those was an expanded playoff, and I thought that to to uh, agree to a 60-game schedule that um, an expanded playoff probably wasn't going to be going anywhere. And so they made their agreements. They decided what they were going to do, and now as baseball is really officially getting started, now they release that they are going to have an expanded playoff. It just seems like odd timing. That's what, just why it catches me by surprise. Do you, do you like the idea, though, of what's being proposed with an expanded playoff? Why not? What's it going to do? Right? We try it, see how it works. If we hate it, we don't do it next year. We swipe it out. It's, I mean, 16 teams for the 2020 playoffs. Let's go. Let's go haywire. We weren't playing 60 games anyways. And you know what, Eric? What was it? Was it last year when Boston and New York had won 100 games each or something like that? Or close to, and they had a fight, and I think Boston ended up in the wild card. That's brutal, man. That's harsh. You win a hundred games, but because you're rival to the North and in the same division, you does the exact same thing. You're playing in a wild card game, a playing game, a hundred game win team. Now all second place teams in the six divisions would now qualify for the playoffs. Gives that so if you win a hundred games, you aren't in the wild card. There's going to be someone else who's there as well. There's a there's a seventh and eighth eighth team in each league that be chosen by best record among the other teams. First round of the playoffs in each league will be four three game series with all games played at higher seeds home stadium. Rest of the rounds will be the customary length. The two division series will be five, while the AL NL championship and World Series will be seven game series. I love it. Why and, not? And it sounds like they are going to do the pick your opponent model. If this full 16-team format gets adopted, they'll have a, it'll be a made-for-TV thing. Post it'll be a post-seeding or post-season seeding show. 
Well, it's some alliteration. Postseason seed <laughs> show. Again. Say that five times fast. So the, the top-seeded teams, they'll get to pick their first-round opponents. Do you like that? It's kind of like you know picking who you want on your team on the playground. Wait, say that again? You, you get to participate in the playoffs, but you have to sit and wait to see who you're oh, going to yeah. play if you're yeah. a lower-seeded team. Yep. I guess yep. you know, that that is an advantage. That is a reward for winning and being a higher division or a higher seed is that you get to decide, hey, this is a better matchup for us. Dude, that's going to be pretty cool. That, that I actually like that. I didn't see that little snippet in there, Eric. I'm, I, I'm thrilled about that. He's going to be a lot and, of people tuning in. Yeah, I was going to say, can you imagine the ratings that's going to get in Boston, New York, uh, Houston, L.A.? Teams have a chance to pick their first-round opponent. <laughs> so, I mean, think about it. Like, the Yankees get all this this, this really bad, no bullpen, short pitching, can't hit one through 19. Second-place team has to pick a scrapping of a team that has a deep bullpen, decent pitching, okay hitting, but have got hot at the right time. And we all know in baseball, as the Washington Nationals, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. It's not what you do in May, it's what you do in October. Yeah, true. Now, you look at some other leagues and how they do their playoffs, and there are some times when you get some very mediocre teams who qualify for the playoffs. I mean, Major League Baseball is not immune to this either. But by expanding it, uh, even more teams that will be below 500 will be playoff bound. Are you okay with that? Here's your reward. Uh, You're mediocre or below mediocre, and you get to the postseason. Why not? We do it everywhere else. We do. We, I mean, we take five and six college football teams to get blown out by somebody else. We we have a high school playoff that takes you win at a mountain crest and lets them get beat 76 to nothing or whatever it was. In in NBA basketball, we take an eighth place seated, an eighth seated team from the Eastern Conference who's 12 games under 500 and get thrown around like a rag doll by the Milwaukee Bucks. Why not just be take mediocre teams in baseball? It's Everyone else is doing it. <laughs> I have no problem with it at all. So as long as everybody else is doing it, it's okay for baseball. Sure, and you know what? The ratings are still fine. It's not like they're hurting. Honestly, what it really all comes down to is additional games equals additional revenue equals additional games on television. Yeah, the and maybe even additional contract issues. If you're a, a player or a, a manager that somewhere in your clause you get bonus money for making the playoffs, it's going to be easier for you to get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, And, you know, in the end, that's what the players and the owners and the league cares about is money. They can get the money. Let's play. Uh, 9315 texting in. Uh-huh. The player at New Mexico, I'm assuming the players at New Mexico, stand to lose the most by not being able to get their stipend and use of scholarships if they can't play football. That's a good point. That is. That's a great point. Uh, 2776 texting in. Can you guys help me out? I'm driving home from work. All this baseball talk is making me fall asleep. Okay, you <laughs> calm down. Two seven seven six. You just relax. No, don't calm down. Don't relax. Uh, drive, drive alert. Stay focused. Stay focused. Uh, two seven six. Don't worry. We got good news for you. Jazz basketball coming up next. We're gonna talk 
Jazz Suns. What does it look like? And, and David Locke, by the way, where is he calling the game from? It's not from Orlando. It's going to be really? elsewhere. Yeah, it will not be in Orlando. He is not in Orlando to call this game. By the way, speaking of driving, want to get this out, word out there. If ah. you were planning on driving on I-15 to Box Elder County, mm-hmm. uh, if you're on I-84, no, excuse me, I-15, you're on I-15, as I, I guess I said that earlier, uh, I-15 in Box Trailer County near Elwood. There's a vehicle on fire. It's a big mess. Major oh, no. delays between Tremonton and Brigham City. Use an alternate route. Um, there's, like I said, a vehicle that's on fire. Vehicle, or excuse me, the freeway is now closed in both directions. Oh, boy. Somebody just sent me a picture. It is not good. Gnarly. So, of. Avoid I-15 between Tremont and Box Elder County if you can. Okay. Uh, Eric, when we come back, should we wake up 2776? Who, by the way, drive alertly. Uh, let's talk some jazz basketball. Jazz Suns tonight, 6 o'clock p.m. on AT&T Sportsnet. What is this jazz lineup going to look like? Quinn said he's going to play his veterans lots of minutes because he wants them to get reps immediately. What should it look like? And what should that bench coming out look like? Interesting. Okay, yeah, we'll get into that. Uh, there's also news um, in the um, in the NHL. New team. We knew a team was coming to Seattle. Now we know its identity. It's kind of interesting. And the NFL. There's a now an official stance from Washington and how they will brand themselves, at least for this season. And it's kind of comical. We'll get into that coming up next to the Full Court Press. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and RJ Salveson. Dude, he threw it up. He threw inside. The guys were sissies and so they moved. You cheated to win the World Series. You're going to get thrown at. Take it like a man. Take it in the ribs or the thigh and take your base. I got beamed plenty of times. You didn't see me ditching out of the way. Dude, I had so many welts after the 2009 season. It hurt so much. The Houston Astros should take it. Go win 60 games and say so what. Tune in weekdays at 4 here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM and 1069thefan.com. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Utah Jazz scrimmage against the Phoenix Suns tonight. You can watch it on AT&T Sportsnet. Unfortunately, we will not have it covered here on the fan. The regular season games, as they get going again next week, will be here on the fan, the home of the Utah Jazz from Northern Utah. But uh, the real question is, what will the Jazz lineups look like? Uh, Seeing some of these scrimmages earlier today, uh, some of the coaches got kind of creative and kind of kooky with what they were doing, uh, just kind of getting guys opportunities to get their legs underneath them, get into motion, and it was pretty sloppy. It looked like summer league. Uh, But will the Jazz take a similar model where they play more of the younger guys, the bench guys, and kind of sprinkle in some of the veteran guys and ease them into it? Or are they going to go straight on, this is who we are, let's go, let's figure this out? What do you think, Ajay? What's it going to look like? It's going to be different. I think here's the thing is that Quinn Snyder, he said yesterday, I'm going to play with a lot of different things in this situation. For example, the Denver Nuggets, Eric, did you see who their point guard was yesterday? 
It was Jokic. That's right. He played the point. Their point guard at starting point guard was Nikola Jokic. No joke. Well, I know they had a couple of guys that they sat. They didn't make available. Uh, yeah. So, but still, you start him at point guard. Quinn said he maybe not won't reach that far, but you might see Tony Bradley and Rudy Gobert on the court at the same time. You might see four guards on the court at the same time. He's going to mix and match throughout the entirety of the scrimmage, as he should. We got three scrimmages to figure this out. So you might as well play because you don't have your best shooter on the court either. So use what you can, play with what you need to, figure it out. So when we come to July 30th, next Thursday at 4.30 Mountain Time, here on 106 on the Fan, we know what your lineup looks like. You know what you want to do. You know what your rotation is going to be. Don't be surprised, Eric, to see Clarks and Mitchell Ingles and maybe Royce O'Neal on the court all at the same time. Don't be surprised maybe to see Conley, Mitchell, Royce, and Clarkson on the court at the same time. He's going to mix and match. He's going to play with it again, as he should. It's a scrimmage. It's a yeah, scrimmage. But you, you only have three of these. And I, I get it. They're doing individual practices as a team. But it's a very short window to get ready for games that... I don't know that they really matter a whole lot for the Jazz, but if there's a chance to get into that three spot, I think that that is helpful. But shouldn't you just like this is who we're gonna? This is our team. Let's make sure we give our our guys, our units, as much reps as possible because we haven't played organized basketball for so long. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I mean, really, is now the time to start experimenting and playing mad scientist? Yeah, I, I, again, Eric, it's a scrimmage, right? And by the way. Every other team, including the Phoenix Suns, is going to suck. Well, there's, there is that. There is there is not going to be a lot of good basketball. It's like you're watching a high school basketball. No offense, high schoolers. It's going to be like you're watching a high school basketball player being played or a game being played by millionaires. You're going to see turnovers. You're going to see probably a few air balls. You're going to see missed layups. You're going to see bunny hops that are gone. Saw a highlight today of C.J. McCollum going up for a dunk, and he, <laughs> he rim-checked. <laughs> Nuh-uh. He fell down. Nuh-uh. Yeah, <laughs> got his, got to get his legs. <laughs> You're gonna see a lot of this air basketball stuff. So you know what? You're take a take a wash at it. See what happens. See how it looks. See what it does. Uh, if you don't like what you see, make a change. Again, you have time to flirt with it. So do so. I I don't mind it in the least bit. This is great, and I, and I'm really intrigued by what it's going to look like tonight. Uh, and the other thing uh, Quinn talked about yesterday, Eric, is is minutes. He said his main rotation guys and starters will be playing some heavy minutes. He wants them to get back into it. That tells me one of two things. One, that he, like you said, he wants to get reps in his guys. Or two, he wants to get reps in those guys because he doesn't trust really that bench deeper into the bench, if you will, um, where there's probably a big drop-off after Clarkson. Moutier, George Yang. Uh, even Tony Bramley. Yeah, Ed Davis. I don't see how much trust he has in him. Yeah, the the scrimmage will be interesting just to see how in shape these guys are or are not. Uh, that how close the, are they to high level NBA basketball? Yeah, and what do they look like minus Boyan Bogdanovich? 
That's the part I'm really intrigued by the most, is what do they look like without, again, their best shooter on this team. Sharpest shooter they have. In fact, David Locke, who's the play-by-play radio voice for the Utah Jazz, he tweeted out a stat here that I found really intriguing about Rudy Gobert. Uh, 89% of his minutes was with Bojan on the court. 89% of his minutes was with Bojan on the court. Only 231 minutes total was without Bojan Bojanovic. Wow. I didn't realize that they were on the court so me much neither. together. No, me neither. No idea. But I think it was based on rotation to defensively. Bojan was sound. Rudy Gobert was even better. I think he liked that a lot. Quinn did. Uh, by the way, speaking of David Locke, Eric, he he uh, he sent out a tweet. I'm going to read it for you because I like it. Um, you can find him at Locked On Sports, by the way, for those who have Twitter and want to follow him. He does a great job. He says, March 11th, they pulled the Utah Jazz and Oklahoma City Thunder off the floor in Oklahoma City. The sports world had officially come to a halt, and soon our lives weren't far behind. It has been 134 days, 3,230 hours, and I'm going to hopefully I read this minute. 1,938,000 or 38,016 minutes, and it, felt, and it felt a lot longer. I don't know if I read that number right. Uh, tonight, I will call an NBA game again. It won't be the same. We will be in the arena in Salt Lake City while the games take place in Orlando. Ron Boone and I will be separated by 20 feet, if not more, and we will be watching on a Jumbotron. My stats, in per- my stats person will be at home texting me notes. Searching the, uh, for the same as we had on March 11th is a fruitless exercise of misguided hope. As a kid, when I dreamed of being the Utah Jazz play-by-play announcer, I used to watch the games off the TV. Pre-puberty, it was a great way to end with a TV in your own room, and when your high-pitched uh, voice voice bothered everyone in the house calling the action. So we had uh, we had back to calling. Excuse me. So we head back to calling games off the TV tonight. I will attempt to embrace a new version of my job and bring the same joy it had to it that I did for the past 28 years of sports broadcasting. Please join us on the call and understand it will be new to us as well. What will still be the same is the game go jazz. Boy. So we'll have the benefit of him working out a few kinks of what it means to call a game on the TV. So he's going to be doing it in Salt Lake City watching the Jumbotron. That is crazy. The NBA has like, what did I hear? Like 23 cameras set up. Yeah. Only three of them are not robotic. Yep. So they're giving a lot of angles. It could be interesting. Yeah, it could be good. Different than what we normally get. Seeing some of the scrimmages, it it looks like I'm watching uh, a a club basketball match in Europe. It's it's weird. <laughs> I mean, the screens are are fancy and nice, but still, just seeing the court and no fans, it just looks like it's in a small gym and. It just has the feeling like it's not the same level. It's going to be weird. It's going to be hard to get used to. Yeah, it's going to be different. Again, it's all going to be different, but we get what we wanted. Sports is back. Basketball's back. Utah Jazz are back. I'm interested to see what Donovan Mitchell looks like. I'm interested to see what the bench rotation looks like. I'm interested to see how much Quinn Snyder does play with his lineup like he had already mentioned. And does that change, and does he get more serious by uh, scrimmage number three, which takes place on July 27th, which is a Monday? 
By the way, they're they are class. The NBA is officially classifying these as preseason games. Okay, these scrimmages. Okay, so not that that really matters for much, but sometimes based on records, uh, the record keeping, I should say, uh, they're keeping them. They're classifying them as preseason games, like you would normally see in October. <laughs> which which they should again. It's it's nothing more than that. All right, uh, coming up next here on Full Court Press, we've got uh, news from the NFL, news from the NHL. Uh, and uh, forgot to, to get to this. This is from 5338. 2776 speaks truth. The Washington football team? Ah, LOL, LOL. Wait, we'll get he, to that. Wait, is he saying don't talk about the Washington football team or that he's making fun? I think he's making fun of the name. Okay. And we might too. We'll discuss that next here on the Full Court Press. <laughs> the Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. It will be going with the Washington football team. That will be the name of the team while it solicits the opinions of players, alumni, fans, customers, sponsors, the community to try to see what it should be using for a nickname in the future. But with the season getting ready to get underway, with players getting ready to go to training camp at this point in time, they had to effectuate the change. Derek Franson and Ajay Salveson, welcome back to the Full Court Press radio program. We are a radio program on the radio. And we're going to talk about the Washington football team in Washington who plays football. Stop it. Don't. 2776. And they're a team. It's just getting through it. All right. Hey, 5338. He likes this name. <laughs> Washington footballers. That's kind of a good one. Washington generals. I like Washington footballers. I'm with you. Washington footballers. Why don't we go the, uh, the, the traditional f- t- understanding of football internationally and just call it Washington FC, the Washington Football Club. Are we going to call it Washington? (laughs) I just figured it out. Don't. Are we going to go WFT? (laughs) I think it's not WTF, I guess. That'd actually be better. (laughs) Washington team football. That could could be bad. Uh, Yeah, that was uh, Adam Schefter, by the way. He they, tries really hard. Let's give him credit. I, I'm just. Why do they feel the need to to make this announcement? We will be known as the Washington Football Team this year. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what are people going to call you? You're just going to call you Washington? No, they're going to call them the team that sucks from the worst conference in the NFL. Look, it could be worse right now. Well, they're going to say that anyway. <laughs> but weren't people already referring to them as the Washington football team? Again. I just don't understand why. They, <laughs> the, if you're not going to come out with an official mascot, why are you compelled to come out and say, we shall be known as the Washington football team for the 2020 season? Okay. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm going to let you go. This is a good promo. We should be known as the full court press radio show. Because we play our show on the radio. 
Let's be very descriptive in who we are and what happens. Look, they just got pretty much uh, crucified for being called the Redskins for how long? They're finally trying to make a change. It's taking a little bit longer than it should to get a mask on. Well, it should take some time. But uh, I, so then that's not gotta, a decision so you just make you know overnight. What? You throw out a little dog bone for everybody to chew on by being the Washington football team. Call it good for now. It, it's going to take some time. I Yeah, but why do you need to release something official, say, we shall call ourselves Washington football team? <laughs> just, oh, it's so dumb. I feel bad for the fans. Uh, so the way that the helmet will work, they'll, they won't have the traditional logo on there. They won't even have an alternate logo. They just have the player number. So they'll keep their, their same color scheme, the crimson and gold, and then they'll have like a gold number on the helmet, on the side of the helmet. So it'll have like a retro throwback look to it, which I think is cool. That's fine. Yeah, so then what's the deal? I just think it's weird that they have to make an official announcement. Is that how they're going to show up on the ticker? Washington football team, 28. Philadelphia Eagles, 21. Washington football team suspends player. The quarterback for Washington football team, injured on the tackle. Why don't you just say Washington? Just Washington. Leave it at that. Hey, uh, sorry, I'm I'm jump I'm jumping off the uh, sidewalk here. Did you know that Ridgeline's uh, Jovesa Demuni committed to BYU? I did not know that. Yeah, according to Jay Catch uh, of Locked On Cougars, BYU football has landed just landed the commitment of Ridgeline three-star prospect. Is it Jovesa? Damuni, he's the, uh, of course, he's the son of USU football staffer Wanga Damuni. Good for him. Uh, he's got an uncle, right? Yeah, Jack. Is part of the staff for the BYU football I team? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, I believe so. And then, uh, ooh, Washington Bullets. Hey, that, was, that used to be the old basketball team. I actually had no problem with that name. I don't know what the big deal was. <laughs> Well, for a while there, Washington had like the worst crime rate in oh, the that would country, do it. and so okay, bad optics. We'll make nine three one five. We'll make Washington gear be a novelty item this year. Could be bad. Hey, and by the way, I don't know if you said, speaking of Buffalo, this is probably why Toronto doesn't want to go to Buffalo. Uh, Governor Cuomo said, Cuomo? Ch- "Yes, said chicken wings are not a substantial food for bars to be allowed to sell alcohol." He had that sandwiches were the lowest level of substantive food. Are you kidding me? Everybody needs chicken wings. <laughs> well, the whole thing is that you can't just go into a bar and just have and get a drink. You have to be able to have another reason, like eating food. Which is funny because that's been a long standing debate in the state of Utah. Are and- you a restaurant or are you a bar? And you have to put a sign on your door that declares such. And then one more thing on our random news notes for the day, Eric. Wisconsin, according to Brett McMurphy, Wisconsin Athletic Director Barry Alvarez 
in a letter to fellow Badgers, say athletic department, quote-unquote, facing a potential revenue loss of more than $100 million from our $140 million budget, end quote. Yikes. That makes you squirm a little bit. Wow. Yeah. A hundred million in revenue loss? When you're a big program like that and you can't have fans in the stands. I still that seems like a lot of money. That's a ton. Oh boy. Okay. Well. Let's keep our fingers crossed that things Happen. Good luck some with that. Degree, some form or fashion. All right, we're going to take another quick time out here on the Full Court Press when we come back. Some NHL news. I know we don't talk about NHL very much, but there is some NHL news today. Not only are they starting their season, their playoffs actually, uh, very, very soon, but there's going to be a new NHL franchise and they've just unveiled their identity. We'll discuss that next on the Full Court Press. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio. The Fan. Release the Kraken. I don't even want to know. Yeah. I don't even want you to see know. see Clash of the Titans? No, I don't want to. Why would you? Now 2776 just turned off his radio. <laughs> 5338 is in the current mode of texting is something really bad because of you playing some Clash of the Titans clip. Oh, come on. That came out in 2010. It's not that old. 2010. Big, big sea monster ago. comes out. Oh, geez. Here we go. It was uh, also popular in the Pirates of the Caribbean. Big monster, right? Kraken? The Kraken? What? Big monster, scary? No, dude, no one who knows who's Kraken. No one knows. I'm not talking cra- about. We don't know what crack you're talking about. I'm not talking about dude, your Kraken. Jeez. What's your crack a lacking? I don't, I don't know what crack you're talking about or whose crack you're talking about, but stop. Like, let's. Seattle. Oh. That's what we're talking about. NHL. So Seattle was granted the opportunity to have an NHL franchise, and they've been kicking around a lot of different ideas. Uh, apparently, they were reviewing about a, over a thousand at one time, and uh, started to narrow it down. And they announced today they revealed the logos, the color scheme. They will be known as the Seattle Kraken, and they will begin in the twenty one twenty two season. So that's kind of exciting. Okay, so why? It's like the first expansion professional team in a while. Why do they let an NHL team do it, but then they won't let a basketball team come in and play? What? Uh, Dude, that place would explode in the economy of Seattle if they would allow basketball there, too. Uh, It's a really, really good question. Well, if they build the arena in such a way that you can do both. Perhaps there's an opportunity, but I don't know. I don't know if their their arena will be able to do that. But I mean, it, when's the last time we had a an expansion team in, in any sport, professional sport, outside of uh, Major League Soccer? It's been a little while. 
Yeah. That's true. And it'll be good for Seattle. They need it. They really need something like that. I think this Seattle hockey team could be really, really good for for the city of Seattle. Um, it's a growing city. Metro. It's a passionate city with sports, man. They are really good about being passionate for their teams, even when they're bad. So what? they have a football team, soccer team, hockey team, and baseball team. Is that right? Yep. Or Okay. Yeah, could, could an NBA team be that far off? It shouldn't be. Yeah, I think it was more about ownership mismanagement other than not just in a bad arena, more than a lack of fan support. I'm honestly, I'm shocked that it's been, we've gone so long and, the, and a, new, a team hasn't relocated or a new team has been created in Seattle. Surprised at that. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be it for us. It's all the time that we have today. Have a good, safe weekend. Reminder, there's a, Bad accident on I-15 between Tremont and, and Brigham City. If you're needing to use the freeway, find another route because it's closed in both directions. No show tomorrow. Have a great holiday weekend, everybody. We'll see you on Monday. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Well, that didn't take too long. Mookie Betts hasn't even suited up for a regular season game for the Dodgers, and they just signed him to a 12-year extension worth $365 million. By locking up the 27-year-old, L.A. sent notice to the rest of the National League that it plans to be competitive for quite some time. On the flip side, this deal couldn't have made the Red Sox fans happy. Bet started his career in Boston and was beloved there, even if the front office didn't want to commit to him financially. Now the deal will be a referendum on both franchises. If Betts delivers, the Dodgers will look great, and the Red Sox will be constantly reminded for a decade or so about the one that got away. But you never know about these big deals. We'll see if Betts can produce the same numbers away from the hitter-friendly Fenway Park. Fans in both cities will keep a close eye on Mookie, and his performance in Los Angeles should be one of the more intriguing subplots in this very, very unusual season. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.